Good morning, good afternoon to whoever and however you're listening to this. Thank you all for tuning in to the show. Once again, Last Word Productions, I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. And today, a lot of NFL, a lot of NBA news to discuss, and I want to get right into it, starting with the NFL. And we're going to talk about the topic of the hour, which has been the case for the beginning of the offseason, I'll be honest, even before the beginning of the offseason, the Houston Texans, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's J.J. Watt now being released, whether it's the mysteries and the story of the men Jack Easterby, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that can be tied to that organization. And I want to just, I, I just want to break this down real fast. I, I'm not going to go through all the details with of Jack Easterby to really explain where he came from and how he got to the position he got to. But I just want to say this. <clears throat> there is no... He had zero. When I say zero, I mean zero. Experience as a coordinator of this league, a play caller, a personnel director, nothing. He was a chap. He was an unpaid chaplain by the Kansas City Chiefs at the time. When a lot of people believe he worked for the Chiefs, the Chiefs never paid him. They didn't even cover his expenses to get from South Carolina to Kansas City. He paid that himself. They did. I, it, from what I researched, they did at times. Mike Floro on Pro Football Talk actually expressed that. But from what I read, I, I seen that he literally paid his own way to get there. I could be wrong about that. Mike could be right or vice versa. Mr. Flora could be right, excuse me, no disrespect, but who knows? He was an unpaid cha- nonetheless, he was an unpaid chaplain. Ryan Suckup founded him, who was at the time the kicker of the, the Kansas City Chiefs and introduced him to the Chiefs general manager. They liked him, they liked how he worked with people, carried the development, things like that. Then he went on to the Patriots to basically do the same thing. And let me let me just read you all the breakdown of his jobs descriptions throughout the years. Jack Easterby was a camp counselor at a summer camp counselor, and for and he later on became a specialized position that encouraged, helped encourage the kids, and you know was he was basically the sixth man for them, and the. You know, that's not someone who's coaching. That's not someone who's teaching how to play the game. That's not someone who's bringing in talent, things like that. That's just him being a really good guy. You know, they seem to not get the purpose of that anymore after the new head coach that came in for the camp, um, for the summer camp. He was fired. And after that, he went on to, I believe it was Newberry College in South Carolina. I believe so. Let me just double-check my notes and make sure that's correct. I won't be providing any wrong information. Yes, it was Newberry in South Carolina. Yes, the college. So, with that being said, at Newberry, he was the... Again, a counselor. You know, he, he wasn't a guy who was involved in the sports. He was the, the athlete's counselor. He was the guy that people went to talk to when they had issues, problems. That's what he always been. He was that at Newberry. He never worked for Jacksonville. I don't know why in the world that the, um, I don't know why in the world 
that they put that he used to put that on their website about him and his background. He 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 never worked for Jacksonville. He was an intern there while he was in college. That was never the case. He's never worked for Jacksonville. He's never even like I said earlier. He's never even worked for Kansas City. He just was a part time unpaid chaplain. I mean, if you look, go look it up. Anyone can you look it up right now. He has no background whatsoever in Kansas City outside of what's by the mouth, per se, and what you hear around the league. He has no background with Kansas City. His only official job at NFL, realistically, was with the Patriots until he landed with the Houston Texans and the joke of a franchise they are. Ever since late the, the late Bob McNair, we got rest his soul, you know, comments about the we can't have the inmates running the prison. It's just been a train wreck. You know, it's been a catastrophe, if we're being honest. I mean, the franchise has just fallen below the waistline, the wayside, man. And Kyle McNair, the son, he's clearly, he's shows, he goes to show why you earn things and why it is best to earn things in this world, not giving handouts. Because he clearly doesn't know how to run a football team. He's absolutely horrible at it. When Rick Smith had first left because the personal reasons I was guarding at home with his wife, she was battling cancer, they hired Brian Game to be their GM. Brian Game lost the job the moment Jack Easterby came in. It is reported. Jack Easterby had a hand in both the Brian Game firing and the Bill O'Brien firing. Bill O'Brien, who is which the guy that brought him in from New England. There are reports around the locker room with players and staff that they do not trust this guy because he is undermining. There have also been reports about <clears throat> excuse me. There have also been reports about how he had went to the player uh, to a player who anonymously gave a tip to a newsletter and they said that he informed them that expected a coaching change soon. Basically, you know, this is a guy who I think two players and a staff member, I believe, said they feel like they'll be surveyed surveillance while going home at the practice facility at times. I mean this this it's, it's, just, it's just crazy to you think about it, man. I mean, this is a guy who under, who is reportedly undermined, you know, the, the very guy who gave him his opportunity. He's seen the best routes to get players out of the building or the staff, whether that's DeAndre Hopkins, whether that's Bill O'Brien, whether that's Brian Gaines, whether that's now J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, whoever. He's doing all he can to get to the top of the food chain in this franchise. And it's just so crazy to me that he still has a job. Cause it's listen, I'm all about respecting those who get to a position where they, you know, were thought to never be qualified for. I'm all for that. You know, I respect it, I admire it. But at the end of the day, this is a dude who is doing it by undermining the very people who's giving him the opportunity. And that's not to say that it should be taken personal or things like that. At the end of the day, it's a business. But at the same time, in the same breath, someone how is this not being reviewed and seen by the league? How is Roger Goodell not putting his two cents in on this? Like, this is a guy 
who literally went from a camp counselor about, I think, I'll say 12 to 13 years ago, to a football operations VP, a, a NFL football team. He's never had any experience with recruiting players or bringing in players. Never. Not, not even as a camp counselor. I mean, people have to realize this. This is insane. It is asinine to even read about. I mean, if y'all go on Sports Illustrated had a, a really, really good article about it. Well, basically, this is why I'm summing up everything that they had reported. I'm Like I said, I'm not going into the full breakdown and details like they did or some of the videos I watched from Pro Football Talk Mike Floro or some of the other YouTubers I've watched who discussed this. I'm not breaking it down fully to that extent that they once did, that they done for me. But I encourage you all, if you are really interested in who Jack Easterby really is, trust me, he he's he even looks like he's a conniving and manipulative person. Just go read up on him. I promise you, the Sports Illustrated article is pretty long. It is it is cram-packed with a lot of information, but I'm telling you, it is worth the read. If you truly want to know who this guy is, it answer it, and it breaks it down so eloquently. But I want to get off into the rest of the news about the Houston Texans. Outside of the mystery of Jack Easterby and how he got to where he is, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that he's a guy who is making this team turn upside down. Him and Kyle McNair, they've, they've now lost... One of the second best receiver in franchise history, maybe the best receiver in franchise history if you look at all the numbers, in DeAndre Hopkins. They've now lost their franchise's best player in J.J. Watt. They are now about to lose their best quarterback in franchise history in Deshaun Watson. Listen, they could perfect all they want to about he's not being traded. They expect him to be there at the beginning of the training camp. They could perfect all they want to. But they know just like we know. I know the Texans aren't the best organizations or the brightest, but they know this for sure. They know this for a fact. If they wait to trade Deshaun Watson a year too late or even an offseason too late or a draft too late, they're not getting the compensation that they would once have wanted. Because at that point, especially if he really sits out this season, Especially if he does that, man. Teams will now know you need to move on from him. You don't want to. You need to. Because at this point, he's just taking up a roster spot. He's wasting He's wasting away money. And at the end of the day, it's not a good look for the franchise. It's just not. It's, I mean, they already look bad in the media eyes. I mean, yeah, people are going to say, oh, they granted J.J. Watt's wish by releasing him. I mean, did you hear what J.J. Watt said <laughs> the end of the, the season about these dudes? He, he literally called out the team. It wasn't just players. The team. Dudes not putting forth that effort or doing all that they can. It's, it's crazy to me. That people are not seeing the issue that's going on with the Texans, man. I mean, Kyle McNair is a is an idiot. I never, I don't know the man personally. I don't want to sound like I'm degrading his character or things like that. But from what I'm seeing, this dude is an idiot. I'm sorry, no, no disrespect, but man, you cannot be that oblivious to what's around you to the point where you are losing franchise pieces. 
Like, J.J. Watt, did you say whatever you want about J.J. Watt? You know, he's not what he once was. He's not the defensive player of the year that he once was. He's not the all-pro he once was. I can agree with that. But he is still in a very effective, when needed, pass rusher and run stopper. He's, he's effective at that. He's one of the best... He's one of the best all-around D linemen, interior linemen, that this game has ever seen. And what makes him even better, he could drop back in coverage when need be. This is a guy who was well-rounded, is well-rounded, and can, at the very least, give you, at the very least, two more years of good play. It may not be great like it once was. It may not be good some games. But he could finish the season with with multiple sacks. You would you'll take that. He can finish the season with some tackles for loss, of a forced fumble, especially when he's in a situation where he now knows he can win because that encourages you to be better. I just see it as this, man. J.J. Watt is out the door. He's going to go wherever he wants to go. It's reports saying that he had contacted the Buccaneers, telling them he was interested to go to play with them. It's a lot of people tying him to the Green Bay Packers, which I think would be a good signing for them. I think you put him alongside a dude like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. You put him in the inside with Kenny Clark. You know, you, you got four legitimate pass rushers now. And you can swing them out. You can give Preston and Zadarius a break here and there. You know, it's, it's, it would be a good signing to me. To me, that's the perfect signing for the um, Green Bay Packers. And excuse me, you can hear the dog in the background. He's like I said, every episode, he's crazy. But I can definitely see him going there. And also, the former team of his is Andre Hopkins advocating for him to come to the Cardinals, who I believe it was on Twitter, he had, he had added him and told him, let's finish what we started. You know, it's, it's, it's the market for him may not be huge right now because the draft is coming up. And you can get younger guys at the same position who could possibly be just as effective for cheaper. But he's going to find a home. And he's going to be good for some time. For at least, like I said, at least two more years, man. I can see it. And But those those are my top destinations for him. And I also wouldn't be surprised if the, the Rams and the Dolphins made a run for him. Because I feel as if, if the Rams could get... One more legitimate pass rush threat to compliment Aaron Donald. That defense will literally... It's already the number one defense in the league. It will literally be virtually unstoppable to even do anything against them. I mean, look at when the Dominican Sioux was there. It, they, their defense was so good with him and Aaron Donald to the point where it got them to a Super Bowl. And they held the Patriots to a, a pretty bad offensive game until later into the game. You put J.J. Watt alongside Aaron Donald, man, two two defensive player of the year caliber players, it's, the sky's the limit for that front seven. I think their linebackers aren't as good as they once were. I think losing Corey Littleton was huge for them. But that front that front four would still be legit. I think it would be legit. And Ramsey, Roman, Darius Williams, you know, Troy Apke, they got a lot of guys, man, that – could fly, <laughs> and they got a lot of guys who can cover, and now they have two dominant pass rushers. Like I said, J.J. may not still be great, but he definitely is still good. And get off into some some more 
NFL news. And we're we going to talk about this quarterback carousel that is about to be just never seen. That we, I, I don't know about you all, but I have never, ever, ever, not even once, seen this a quarterback market this big with such big names. I know a lot of these guys aren't exactly living up to the names or, you know, trade capital and things like that, what you get a return from. But <clears throat> let's look at some of the names that's on the block, man, or could possibly hit the block. You got Deshaun Watson, who's already crested the trade. Carson Wentz, crested the trade. Mark Stafford, gone. Jared Goff, gone. <clears throat> Russell Wilson, him in the seat. He he had a part of picking the Seahawks um, OC reportedly, but there has also been reports that the Seahawks are frustrated with his comments in the media, and it's clear that Russell Wilson is frustrated with his lack of insight and input on the team's personnel and things like that. So that is a situation that we should be monitoring. The Aaron Rodgers situation, I've ever since he asked for an extension to see the test Green Bay's loyalty, I have not read or seen anything else about it. So that could be another situation we could need to monitor. And, excuse me, and then there's these talks with Sam Darnold about getting trade offers for him. And then you have these talks about Tua, who's possibly could be dealt in a 13 trade if the Dolphins truly wanted Deshaun Watson. And then you still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who the 49ers have almost made clear cut that they want to move on from. So that is at least, I think I need at least eight, seven guys, man, who are were once seen as franchise caliber guys or should or people wanted them to pave out to that to possibly move. I mean, I mean, this is never seen before. Like it is. It is, to me, it's just, I don't, words can't even describe how insane this offseason is going to be. It's, it feels like the NBA offseason. Like, you, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces in different places, man. You really are. I'm telling y'all, don't be surprised at anything you all see or hear. Because in all honesty, to me, if the Packers don't show their loyalty or express that they want to do right by Rodgers. To me, I've I've said this for years now. They his franchise has failed two generational, very talented quarterbacks in Rodgers and Favre. I've said that for years. The Seahawks are slowly wasting away Russell Wilson's prime. He's not getting any younger. He's I believe he's thirty two. He has about four or five more years at a peak type level. Right now, he knows that he knows that he's been sacked over forty times. Eight out of the nine seasons he's been in the league. That is a crazy stat. And, I mean, <laughs> that is a crazy stat, man. But anyway, it's a lot of growing frustrations for these quarterbacks, and this is no longer. It's like already Moss said, we are no longer on when he was speaking on the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Like, we're no longer just going to shut up and play. That shut up and play stuff is over, you know? Now we have a chance to take control of our own destinies as as men and as players. 
this is what we want. This is what we are going to make happen. So, I want to get off into some NBA news now. And, and we're going to talk to... We're going to talk about how these trade rumors and players' thoughts on trade rumors now. And what exactly is going on with... <clears throat> Excuse me. And what exactly is going on with these situations? And I want to get off into the Andre German situation first. As you all know, Andre German, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are sitting to choose Andre German because they are looking for a trade suitor. And if not, they will. I believe they'll possibly buy him out. A lot like the Blake Griffin situation. But the difference between the Blake Griffin situation and Andre German situation Blake Griffin and the Pistons agreed to that. That's what they both wanted. They thought it was best for both parties. I don't. I, I could be wrong, but I didn't see any reports stating that Andre Drummond wanted to not play until he's moved. I didn't see that. I could be wrong, but if I am wrong, I'll be shocked because, I, I mean, Draymond Green, excuse me, had a, a really strong statement, and he said, and I'll quote, at some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have, unquote. He's saying that, listen, you guys can do these things, move me, not pay me what I feel as if I'm worth, worth or what I have earned. You can bring in whoever can replace me. You can do all these things. Yeah, you could do me just like you did DeMar DeRozan. You could straight up lie to me in my face and trade me the very next day when you told me you weren't going to trade me. And no one would bat an eye because everyone would say it's a business at the end of the day. Right, which is true. It is a business. But in the same breath, we as fans, as media, <clears throat> as the media, as player experts or whatever you want to say. We had to start criticizing these players for doing what's best for them. Now, at some point, it does come a time when it's like, okay, man, you're you're doing an awful lot just to make it easier or less competitive. A lot like when Kevin Durant went to go to state. To me, that just was overkill. But... At some point, players have to realize, I'm not players, but people have to realize that, listen, these guys are human. This is their careers. This is their job. I know they make millions. I know they make, I know they get paid handsomely, but at the end of the day, this is their job. This is their craft. You know, they're trying to have the same stability and loyalty that you want at your job. It's that simple. Don't look at it as this is a luxury, a lucrative and a job and a, a athlete who can live by any means that he wants to and choose to live by. Yes, all that may be true, but this is a job. At the end of the day, it's a job. These these guys know that. They understand that. And that's why they want the same respect that these owners and these CEOs and these representatives of the league get because at the end of the day they are the driving force of the league they are regardless of how you want to feel about that they are so 
Draymond Green's comments were to me were spot on. I know a lot of players, former players, didn't agree with it, like Shaquille O'Neal, for instance. But it's so it's all good. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm not I'm not gonna knock anyone for their opinions. Whatever you believe is what you believe. But at the end of the day, man, I just feel as if there's so much more respect that can be given to players on in all honesty and naturality. And another thing I wanted to discuss, I want to discuss who exactly I think would be the best fit. I ain't going to say fix. I'm going to say best fit, meaning this is the one team that I could truly see getting this guy. For Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. I don't want to begin with Andre Drummond. And to me, the obvious answer is the Brooklyn Nets. That's the obvious answer. They need a consistent rim protector. They need a consistent inside threat. And they need they just need a guy who's going to be a okay-ish defender. Andre Drummond is one of the best rim protectors in the league. Regardless of how you want to feel about him, he is. They desperately need that. They have no defense. Their perimeter def- defenders get beat too easily off the dribble and DeAndre Jordan is the what he once was. He's not going to clamp down the middle. He's not. It's not him anymore. He can't even play more than twenty five minutes now. But with all that being said, you bring Andre Drummond, he fixed that problem, just like that in the snap. He fixes it. You're better, and now you got not only you got three guys who could all go for thirty on any given night. You got a rim protector who could also give you fifteen rebounds and maybe eighteen. 16 points a game. You know, that that makes this team virtually unstoppable, if I'm being honest. And then, the next guy, Blake Griffin, who I believe will be moved, well, only a matter of time. I think the best fit for him is the Los Angeles Lakers. I think at this point in Blake's career, he's not what he once was. He's averaging below 20 points per game, below 15, I think it's exactly 12.9 or 13.2 or something like that. He's not shooting well, and he's just not the all-star player he once was, just be simply put. He's, he's just not. But with that being said, a lot of that to me has to do with the fact that the Pistons want to move on minutes were not the same for him, and his opportunity had kind of shrunk with his shot attempts and things like that. So he gets the opportunity to go somewhere like the Lakers where he can be a third, fourth fiddle to LeBron and AD and maybe Kyle Kuzma. He could come in and just literally play his game. Like, you want to post up, post up. You want to spot up and shoot, spot up and shoot. You know, if you want to do those things, you can do that. Because you no longer have to worry about or be pressured to be this guy. You don't have to be a first or second scorer option anymore. You go there. All you need to do is do exactly what you're doing now. Give 10, 12 points a game. That's perfectly fine. That's all they need out of you. You can do that and you're good. So I feel as if that's his best route. I feel as if that's his best bet. I feel as if Andre Drummond should be in the Nets uniform. Will he? I'm not sure. But we will shall see. And, again, I do apologize for the dog in the background. Like I said before, he's crazy. But, 
This today's episode was short and cut, dry straight to the point. Before I head out, I want to leave you all with an insane stat about the Utah Jazz that I read the other day. In that 19 game stretch, they are 18 and one, and they and during that stretch, they have had the number one defense and number one offense in the entire NBA, which is absolutely just insane. So my question to you all, if you're listening to this video, please comment below. Let me know your thoughts about anything I've said and concerns, or if you disagree, whatever the case may be, we can discuss and we can talk about it. But my question for you all, how legitimate, or how, <clears throat> excuse me, how legitimate are the Utah Jazz? Are they serious title contenders? Please comment below. Thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel, please. I would greatly appreciate it. You know, we're getting stronger every day. We want to keep growing. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. Be sure to follow me on Facebook. Like the Facebook page. Be sure to follow me on TikTok. I am all over social media. So I'll see y'all in the next one. Thank you again. And y'all enjoy the rest of y'all day.